0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: While you were skipping stones, building forts and flying kites, I was missing school and all my Saturday nights. Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills. I was singing songs to pay my family's bills. Little me.
0: Hello, I'm Mark Tuminelli, and welcome to episode 11 of the Little Me Podcast. I've been having so much fun doing this, so thank you guys for listening. And now you can follow us on Instagram at little me Podcast. I'm so excited to welcome someone I consider part of my family. We first met when she was six years old, and I had the privilege to watch her make her Broadway dream come true as young Fiona in the original Broadway cast of Shrek. Following Shrek, she appeared on Broadway in Billy Elliot, Mary Poppins, People in the Picture, and Larry David's Fish in the Dark. She'd appeared in countless films and on TV shows like Friends from College, Orange is the New Black, um, and Seven Seconds. She has also starred in my Broadway Workshop productions of Carrie and Pippin. And to top it all off, she just finished her freshman year at Harvard. Welcome my good buddy, Rachel Resheb.
1: Hello.
0: Rachel, it sounds nice when you hear like all of that together. I
1: know it sounds like Okay, that's like a little... I didn't even crazy. mention any
0: movies. I'm just focusing <laughs> on the Broadway and the shows I've watched. <laughs> um, so you've done more than people who are like in their 70s. So congratulations on being the most talented uh, child ever. Thank you. So, welcome to Little Me. Crazy you. year, first year you had at Harvard, huh? I know.
1: It really, uh, it feels like it was like a few months at Harvard and then a few months like in my room on Zoom. <laughs> um, but it was
0: you get, like, are you finished with the year? How does that, like, wrap up if you are not in school?
1: Yeah, no, it was the same uh, the same kind of layout of the semester, and I had just a bunch of essays to do to finish off my year. So I had my classes on Zoom a few times a week, and then in May we finished, and then after that uh, it's just, then I've ex- been experiencing, like, real quarantine. Uh, I didn't have school anymore.
0: Great. Yeah. And that um so Harvard's like it's not super easy to get into. Not
1: no. everyone not everyone gets to go <laughs>
0: there. Um at what point had you like set your sights on like I've, this is where I'm sort of meant to be? I don't
1: I feel like I always um I always had that kind of thought in my brain that I would go to an academic school. I feel like people it's people told me growing up so many things about what I should do with my life. Some people would be like you should go to school for acting. Some people should be like, definitely don't go to school for acting. Some people would be like, don't go to college. Um, But I always wanted to definitely go to college. And throughout, I guess, high school, I I thought that I would go to school for musical theater. I was like, that's what you do if you want to be a musical theater actor as an adult. Like, You go to school for musical theater. And then I think when I did probably those shows, junior year, senior year, when I did Pippin, when I did... um, ooh, When I did... Uh, 42nd street at laGuardia and little night music it just felt like um I was still I was getting so much training at laGuardia and I kind of felt like maybe if I hadn't gone to laGuardia I would have gone to school for theater but because I had that kind of formal acting training in addition to my years of on-the-job training it kind of felt like okay I think I'm gonna go for an academic school and then that was really scary and senior year was so stressful because it was like I have no idea if this is going to happen and it it happened but it was definitely stressful.
0: You said something so smart that I, I tell everybody when we um, were seeing each other in December, and we went to see LaGuardia's production of Cinderella, which was beautiful. And they do incredible shows. People were flocking around you like I was with Julia Roberts, um, but partly because you were going to a school that so many students had their eyes on and they wanted to know what your experience was. And I had asked you, I said, do you feel so special that you go to Harvard? And I don't know if you remember what you said, but you said not at Harvard because everyone goes
1: to Harvard. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you're there, it's like you're surrounded by so many smart, cool people. I mean, also, I think there is a kind of joke about Harvard that when you go there, you let people know that you go there and you talk about the fact that you go there. Uh, but so it's not like... Like being a vegan. Right. Like being a, being a vegan. Uh, you just got to work it into every sentence. Also, the gap year, I got to work that into every yeah, sentence.
0: A gap year. I'm a right. vegan and I go to Harvard.
1: Yes. Um, but yeah, it definitely... It feels relatively normal, and it's kind—I of, guess it's weird looking at it on the outside that it's normal, but it's that's just like where I, where I go to school, and I also kind of have this feeling of like it doesn't really matter where you go to school. Like it matters where you go to school, but it it also matters what you do with that education, you know, and what you do with your time there, and how you spend your time, how you take in what you're learning, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it feels. Do good. you
0: love it? Are you learning a lot?
1: Yeah, I'm learning so much. I I think the classes are definitely my favorite part so far. And uh, I think first semester, I was a little bit like, where am I? I don't understand where I am. This is, I'm living on another planet. And then slowly, I started to feel like, okay, you know, the people are great. And I have a lot of great friends there. And I started to really enjoy living there and enjoying that kind of like not a city, but not not a city, and that. And you're
0: still coming back to audition, and you did a workshop of something we can't talk about. But mm-hmm. you you are continuing your career at the same time, which seems right. very difficult. How hard is that to balance?
1: Um, I'd say it's hard to balance if you like want to go to a lot of parties, <laughs> which I don't know if that's like my mo. Not really um, your brand. <laughs> no, no, it's not my brand. So usually I, I didn't have classes on Friday, both semesters. I kind of made my schedule that way. So if I wanted to come in, which I ended up coming in a lot, I would leave on like Thursday night and then be in the city for a Friday audition or, um, and then sometimes I would stay over the weekend if it felt like, oh my gosh, it's a schlep to get back right now. But yeah, it was, it was tricky sometimes, but also I really love that I'm still having both worlds because I feel like. Be- being back in the city, like doing the things I love, like that's part of what makes me, me. And mm-hmm. so it's even though I'm kind of in this new world, I also am still keeping a lot of the stuff that makes me who I am. So I think it's it was definitely helpful with the transition. And second semester when I did that workshop, I had the first kind of glance at what it's like to actually like miss a chunk of school. And it wasn't that bad. It was All
0: right. Y- well, you've no. been doing it your whole life, which is, so we're going to rewind <laughs> right now. Yeah. now. There's almost no time in your timeline where you could just be at school. So no. you wouldn't understand what to do with that anyway. So talk, talk to me, let's go back to the beginning. You're, you're six years old. You're performing at Random Farms Kids Theater in Westchester with our buddy Anya Wallach, mm-hmm. who kind of starts everybody's career in this business, <laughs> including mine. (laughs) Um, and so um, you're you're doing these things and then so what happens that takes you from being like the kid who doesn't really know what's going on in Willy Wonka to, to let's pursue this in a much bigger way how did that come about
1: it wasn't really a game plan in any way it wasn't like eyeing the stage and being like I'm gonna be on Broadway like I never really had that moment I had seen a couple Broadway shows for birthdays and stuff but I and I loved it and I loved theater so much but it just didn't feel like that I didn't really think that that was a possibility and it wasn't even like my my dream really it was something that was so cool but I wasn't like when I grow up I'm gonna be on Broadway I wasn't like that kid I kind of I don't know um so and then we did the Random Farms showcase where Everyone was auditioning for it, and it just kind of felt like, oh, I'm just going to audition for this. I auditioned for everything at Random Farms, mm-hmm. so it just felt like another thing to audition for. I didn't really even know what it was. And then I got a manager, and even still, I kind of didn't know what that meant. And so everything kind well, of... Because you were six. <laughs> I was, yeah, or well, I was, I was seven. Seven then. Seven yes. turning eight. Okay. <laughs> Big difference. Uh, but... Yeah, so it kind of just like turned into this thing that who knew what was gonna happen after and that.
0: And it was pretty quick. Like I never I'll never forget you singing Honey Bun in that showcase. Yeah. Which was the <laughs> cutest thing anyone's ever seen.
1: With your choreography. My
0: my my little steps, yes. Um, <laughs> it was like rubbing your
1: <laughs> It was like, like on, rubbing on, your head. <laughs> on Hurley and Burley, I did like a little hip hip twirl. Hip circle. <laughs> yeah. Well, it worked.
0: Um, so you got a manager and then Shrek came along very quickly. It was like in the first six months of you having management, right?
1: Yeah, I really, it was, everything happened so quickly. So I, the first thing I did was a voiceover, which you can, I think, find on YouTube. It was a uh, pinky dinky doo. I was Nick Stretch, if anyone cares. <laughs> uh, and then the second thing I did was a feature film that summer with Edie Falco and all these people, and I had this like long audition process for that film, um, and then i that was a great experience, and it was my first thing, my first big professional thing, and I had a big part, and I, who knew that I was going to be doing so much theater, and then a couple, I don't know, months, maybe a month later after I shot that film in September of 2008, I auditioned for Shrek, and then... I had a call back and then I got the part and then I started being on Broadway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then we couldn't stop her. What do you remember most about that experience of Shrek going from your only real experiences were doing random farm shows or doing your school, whatever, to a huge, like $20 million Broadway extravaganza with Sutton Foster and Brian Darcy James and Chris Sieber. Like what do you remember most about that experience?
1: I feel like, the answer's kind of in the question. It was such a big, big show, big experience. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into and neither did anyone else in my life because I don't come from a theatrical family. I don't come from any actors or any type of, you know, show business, anything. So it was really like, what is this? And like, what am I getting into? And also. Um, and I was so excited, but also I was supposed to be doing uh, a random farms show at the time. And when I got Shrek, I asked if they could wait a couple weeks because I still, I had to perform as Sandy and Grease. I remember. <laughs> so I was like, I don't, I don't get it. Like I have to, I have to I'm still do Sandy and Grease. I have to do that. <laughs> I have to do it. So uh, I got over that. Uh, I was convinced that's not the move. And I started and. Also, Shrek had just gone to Seattle. Everyone knew each other. There were really only, I think, three new cast members from uh, who were not in Seattle. So, it kind of the rehearsal process for me was kind of like a rehearsal process I had, like when I was doing Billy Elliot, which was quick, and I was kind of going into something that was already developed, rather than. Some of the original cast that I've been part of, that it was like ground up. Like it wasn't really that kind of ground up thing. Um, so it was really, yeah, I was getting into something that was so large and I felt so small and I was excited and I was just learning every day as I went along and learning. Do you remember that-,
0: that first performance, that first time you were on?
1: I kind of don't like I want, I wish I, I wish I did. I wish I could be like, and that was the moment. I mean, I remember being surprised that you could see people's faces in the audience. That was Mm -hmm. kind of surprising. And I also hadn't had that much rehearsal going into it because they had done it in Seattle because there were so many And you were
0: sharing a part with someone who... So she was doing it or you were doing it, depending on what was happening.
1: Totally. So I was sharing the part. We both did four shows a week. And the girl that I was sharing the part with had done it in Seattle. So the way that I learned the part, rather than them like taking rehearsal time for that kind of thing, because there were just bigger things to work on than I know it's today. Um, So I was like sitting and watching for those couple weeks of rehearsal. And then I learned the music uh, the last day that we were in the studio, I think I had like a rehearsal with the assistant director and we learned the music. And then throughout tech, I also watched a lot. And this is, I can say this now because we're adults and like, I've known her since then, but the girl that are sharing the the part with Leah asked, like if I was her understudy, because I was, you know, I was, I was a lot of watching and I had, I think one or two rehearsals, and then i and then i started then i was in previews so everything was so so quick and i was really coming from a place of observing and kind of no one knew what to expect from like this little 8 year old child and i kind of it just kind of like clicked and it kind of worked and the adrenaline kicked in and everything what kind of adjustment was, was it for your it family so that
0: all of a sudden you were doing 8 shows a week and the youngest member of the you know family was out working essentially every night
1: um I, it was definitely an adjustment. It was an adjustment from us just all doing our extracurricular activities all the time. My sister and I both did theater together at Random Farms. And I think once I started doing it professionally, she kind of shifted to other extracurriculars and it, you know, it definitely. I'm sure that gets tricky. (laughs) Oh, totally. I mean, yeah. And I think there were a lot of family dinners missed and my mom had to be in the city waiting for me for those couple hours when I was doing the show. And she would take so many trips back and forth sometimes just to make sure that she could like tuck my sister and brother into bed or that she could, you know, have family dinner and still be that full mom while also being there for me and making sure that I'm safe in this like complete adult environment. Um, And that was crazy too, that it was like, it was just a complete learning experience of what is it like to be a child working in an adult world? And it was a kids' show, but and there were other kids in it and they were great. And we played games and we did our homework, but it, I was in an adult space. And so that was all completely new.
0: So when you left Shrek, did you go directly to Billy Elliott or did you have a minute in between?
1: <laughs> no, no, I went directly. To like you just
0: like packed up your things and moved down the yeah, yeah. box no, um, liter-
1: literally. i that's what I did. so i I think around the time was when we were renewing our contracts, potentially, that was like that that also happened at Mary Poppins too, that it was like when that question came up was also when I Got my next show. It yeah. was like the weirdest thing. Um, so around that time was when our contracts were up and we're going to be renewed. And then I auditioned for Billy Elliot. I wasn't a competition dancer or a dancer, dancer, dancer that a lot of the Billy Elliot kids are slash were. Um, I was like a really strong tap dancer, and that was just kind of like natural to me. And I think that's what got me the job. But also. So I was a strong tap dancer, and I was a I was a good dancer. But I wasn't this. You wouldn't necessarily expect me to be in Billy Elliot. Uh, but I had this audition for a different part at the beginning of July, I think, or no, I think it was the end of June. We had just like sat there at the Tonys while Billy Elliot won every single award. We were right across the aisle from them, and and was Shrek. That the
0: same year as Shrek?
1: Yeah, that was the same year. Oh my year. god, I didn't
0: even realize that. Yeah. Okay.
1: So we so we won best costumes and Billy Elliot won everything, everything else. else. <laughs> yeah. um, and so then a couple weeks later, I had this audition, and then Nora Brennan, the casting director, afterwards asked me to stay behind, uh, while everyone was leaving the waiting room, and she, you know, said something like, "We really liked you," and something and we can't cast you right now you're not right for this part but I have a feeling you know we're gonna see you again and then two weeks later I didn't have another audition uh two weeks later I got a call that I got this other part that was one of the other valley girls and that was completely new and shocking and I had these I think it was probably two weeks of rehearsal in the studio and it was all day every day and then I was going to Shrek at night and uh that's and that's a lot. You no, know, totally. And I was still going to school. Cool. Oh you no, know, at that time I wasn't in- school,
0: Billy Elliot Shrek you know,
1: normal. Right. So that was the summertime. So I guess I didn't have school at that time, but uh it was also kind of funny because I was like a little chubby when I did. Shrek. Mm-hmm. Like I was like a little a little butterball and then so many people were like, "Oh my gosh, you've lost so much weight." And I was like, "I did not realize that I was chubby before, but thank well, you. Well, all you ate
0: was soup, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, every single show. And uh, you were
0: constantly running around doing a Broadway show. So right. you're going to lose any baby fat, that's that's the diet. I'm so going to
1: start. Right, no, but so I was dancing so much doing Billy Elliot. So I like just, we, I think people were like, who is, who is this? Um, and so then I went into that show and that was, I was just, A replacement and coming into a very like formed family. And I kind of had to figure out how to work my way into that family. And the girls in the dressing room were all so nice and welcoming and warm. Uh, But it also, I still had to kind of figure my way out getting in there. And then once school started again, then it was like, okay, how do I do my homework in the dressing room of like 15 girls, so... it's so much
0: more fun to do a show like Billy Elliot with 25 kids in it over Shrek with just these three sad no. selves?
1: No, I mean, I think all of them were different experiences. I was... I've been thinking about this recently, even... I play Sudoku sometimes as my quarantine activity and I learned how to play Sudoku like when I was in Shrek or I learned how to play Boggle which I am still very good at Boggle and like those kind of things that made that experience really special being backstage and Billy Elliot was just different it was like they had already been there for I think a year when I got there and there were all these activities like halloween and we would you know haunted house and there was um just so many activities for the kids and there were also so many wranglers it was just a big kind of uh machine because there were so many children in that show How did
0: you stay in that show
1: that show i stayed in for i think 10 months and then i got mary poppins Done. so i so i so i left <laughs>
0: Um, I remember you booking Mary Poppins. I was like, is this girl kidding? Like, there was just those three back-to-back. That was like nut. Like, no one was doing that then.
1: Right. No, it definitely...
0: So you joined Mary Poppins, which is another huge Broadway family show with, what, there was always three sets of kids, so six at all times. Mm -hmm. Um, What was Mary Poppins like?
1: That show was magical. That was just... Disney just so knows how to work with kids and also the kids were such a big part of the show and the show had been running for I think four years at that point so they really had a system going of making sure everyone was nice to each other making sure that you know everyone was disciplined but also that we had fun it was just and then the show itself was magical literally it was so wonderful and also um we all the six kids all started together at that point we Everyone had just left. So it was really like we were a new bunch coming in together. And I i don't think I realize, I don't know if I've said this enough, but like I just at these times did not realize how big these things were. Or even the fact that I was going from show to show to show, people would say to me that that was a big deal and that that was un- unusual, um, especially for a child, but... It, I just was. That was like okay. I'll, like I guess that's unusual, but it wasn't something that I was like, oh my gosh, I am. Look at me. <laughs> I am in Mary Poppins now. Um, yeah. So, and it was such a big part too. Like we were on stage the entire time, and it's kind of like Shrek. I learned how to sing on a Broadway stage. Billy Elliott, I learned how to dance on a Broadway stage, and then Mary Poppins. I put them all together.
0: In Mary Poppins they um did you have different sets of of guys boys that you would go on with um, or did you always have a team
1: uh, we would have monthly we would switch off who our partner was mm-hmm. like who our brother Michael. or sister was That's yeah, who it, Michael that like is Yeah Michael yeah. Um, so uh, right so I started with one of the boys David and then the next month was someone else then the next month was someone else and they had a whole system going where I think a couple of the weeks you would do three shows and one of the weeks you would do two shows and then you would be on standby or you would be at home. And so it was a really good uh, system they had going there. Now,
0: the vomit episode happened at that time or when you left and came back?
1: No, that was the first time around. All right. So let's tell the people the story because it is so good. Yeah, it's really one of the (laughs) strongest uh, memories of my life. So,
0: I'm like sweating. Maybe I need you to tell me. Go ahead.
1: So, I was leaving the show and I had one show left, or, or this was my second to last show. Every night before the show, I ate a fish taco from Schnippers. That was my pre meal, pre show meal. So, I was feeling a little queasy. Like, I think I had been feeling a little queasy that whole entire day. Didn't want to acknowledge it and just kind of went about doing the show. And in in Mary Poppins, the house is, uh, you know, it's that the back of the house goes upstage, and then the nursery comes down, and then the roof goes up. So, so you we would climb were, up
0: to get into the yeah. into the nursery to fly down, right? Yeah.
1: So we would fly down for every scene that we would have in the nursery, basically. And so we were about to go down. It was it was the beginning of the show. I think we were maybe a couple numbers in. Just sang Perfect Nanny, went upstairs, and sat in the nursery waiting to fly down. And then I this was such a short window. And I said, I don't feel well. And I vomited on the floor and on the bottom of my dress. And... Then a stage manager who was always sitting in the closet came out, wiped up my throw up. And then we flew down in the nursery. I did the whole number. And then I did the whole number after that. So I went off stage, my dresser or the kid's dresser, Maya, she wiped my dress and, Oh, it's disgusting. And then I went on to do Jolly Holiday and I was like, I do not think I can, I can do another one. So, I called out at the show and my grandpa was seeing the show that Aww. night and then all of a sudden Sadie. Sadie Sealer was on. Sadie That's Sealer right. was on. He was like, that is now not. her
0: Broadway debut. Yeah. Yes, that You threw up all over the place and then Sadie Sealer made her
1: Broadway debut. <laughs> yeah. That's a great story. That is such a great story. Who was
0: Mary then? Was Ashley Mary Poppins?
1: No, it was Laura Michelle Kelly. She would
0: not have been having you thrown up on her.
1: um, Yeah, I mean, Laura Michelle was so just kind and warm. And we had another time where the house or the nursery stopped in midair right before we started our scene. And I was supposed to be walking off the nursery to start the scene. (laughs) And so we stopped. And obviously, I knew that we were however many feet in the air and was not going to walk off. But Laura sat down on the bed next to me and held my hand and she's just such a warm person it really made that experience so
0: it's an insane thing to ask of a kid to do like all of that when you really like helicopter it for a minute and you're like yeah hey, costume, do these songs it's midnight and um do it again tomorrow and anything can and will go wrong at any time and you need to go with it in front of 1800 people um and it's yeah. really like, there are so many moving parts and I don't know if I've seen a Broadway show since then that had that much stuff going on.
1: No, and the kids are such a big part of it. And we were dancing and we had costumes and we had costume changes and we had, you know, all those magical moments, and it required so much adrenaline. And by the end of the night, we were tired. And then and then there was school the next morning.
0: So you left, let's keep let's keep going down the road. <laughs> you left Mary Poppins because you were about to originate. A uh, role, a leading role in a brand mm-hmm. new musical happening on Broadway slash Roundabout Theater Company called yeah. "People in the Picture." I do.
1: Picture, mm-hmm. good. at um, the
0: so beginning, I used to say "picture." If you're listening at home, I used to say "picture" because I'm from Long Island. Picture like a uh, water picture. And Rachel has been correcting me her whole life. Okay, so "People in the Picture" and mm-hmm. starring Donna Murphy, and you were playing Donna Murphy's granddaughter.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: In this big, brand-new Broadway musical. Talk to me about how that came to you, and tell me a little bit about that experience.
1: Um, Okay, so I auditioned for People in the Picture when it was called Laughing Matters, which was the original title when they were doing the readings. They had done, by the time we opened on Broadway, I think they had done maybe 13 years of readings and workshops and redevelopments. And so I auditioned, I think, in... 2009 while I was doing Billy Elliot, and everyone was auditioning for it. They had multiple rounds of auditions, so I would get through callbacks, and then they would start from scratch, and I would get through callbacks, and they start from... I think they just really wanted uh, to, you know, find their girl and be sure that they were right, and uh, since then, I think, you know, the writers told me, like, we knew that it was you or whatever she said, but um, I think... It was one of those really exciting moments where I had this lengthy audition process and then uh, I did the reading of it and got to work with Donna and all these amazing Broadway veteran actors who I was just learning so much from every day. And uh, then I did another workshop of it, I think, and then they had said that they were bringing the people in the picture potentially to Broadway around that time uh, when I was, my contract was going to be renewed for Mary Poppins. So just like Shrek, it was one of those things where like, so I had done the show, Shrek I had done for longer, I had done for nine months, but Mary Poppins I had done for six months and we were going to renew again. And then around that time they were like, oh, this is happening. And then I was like, oh, okay. So I left (laughs) Mary Poppins and I gave my, noticed that I wasn't going to be renewing. And then I think a couple months later, I started rehearsals for people in the picture. And that was a really like ground up experience, changes all the time, songs going in, songs going out, even while we were in previews. It was like there would be there was a song that we were working on for a while, and then halfway through previews, it became a different song. So You're that like
0: eleven at this point.
1: I was ten turning eleven. Uh, so that's right. That's yes. Um, so I, yeah, so that was really more on the job training of learning how to get line notes the day of, and then put that into the show that same night and bonding with the cast in that kind of way and feeling like I was really creating this part. Well, and you were. It's your right, yeah, I, I, I was. It's um, your role.
0: Like you yeah. created it? you're on the cast recording, you're in the, you know, you're the original cast principal. Uh, Creating a role is the coolest thing ever. And to get to do that at At your age is huge.
1: Yeah. And I I think sometimes I forget that, you know, I originated the role in Shrek because I was so young and didn't process what that meant that Leah and I were both originating that part. So when I see people do it in high schools and in all over now, I'm like, it's hard for me to process that I was, you know, one of the first two girls doing that part. And so when people in the picture, yeah, it was it was this feeling of, I kind of lived and breathed that show and it was a very emotional show. It was very, it was very heavy. And I had, I learned how to kind of do that eight shows a week. So that was also the first time I was doing eight. Oh no, Billy Elliot, I did eight shows a week. So scratch that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was, I Billy Elliott was, I was in the ensemble and I understudied Debbie and this was a larger part and I was doing it every night. So, yeah. Um.
0: So that it's show great. like wasn't received in the way that I think a lot of people had hoped. I mean, it yeah. had some really beautiful music and a gorgeous set design and an incredible performance by you and Donna Murphy um, and so many other people. But the it didn't become like a huge moment. Was there a lot of disappointment in that? Could you feel that?
1: Uh, I think I was, I loved the show so much and I thought it was such a beautiful show that I kind of was unfazed by the reviews or the perception or I just felt like it was a beautiful family and um, the story felt so important and it felt so important to me and, I was playing this third generation Holocaust survivor and I am a third generation Holocaust survivors, not only like a monumental moment in my young career, but also in my life. And so I kind of, I you felt that energy in the theater. I think uh, what after reviews came out and kind of, it was not being perceived necessarily as people would expect. Um, You felt that kind of heaviness. And I think as a kid that was, interesting and strange to see because I wasn't thinking like, oh, my, you know, paying rent or getting the next job. And, and it was a limited run. So I guess that that wasn't really a factor necessarily, but it is, it can weigh on a cast. And I wrote this letter called Dear Ben Brantley. And
0: oh my God, this is all coming back to me. Keep going. Yeah.
1: And I wrote this whole, it was like 12 pages long. And I wrote just everything I loved about the show and the people. And it was mostly about the people. And I kind of went in depth about every person and why it was so special. And I don't know. I don't know if anyone felt like that brought more levity, but it definitely made me feel better. And
0: your experience has not changed because the, uh, because it wasn't embraced critically as this huge hit. It didn't win Tony awards. It wasn't, but
1: I mean, it it definitely, it could have been one of those moments that was maybe career altering in a certain way. Some, you know, it was a really big part and it was a, who knows, but so maybe if it had had like we had performed on the Tonys, and we had whatever. Who knows what that would have looked like? But I didn't really look at it in that way, and that show is still feels so special and important to me, and I feel like I learned so much just by observing. I was working with, you know, Chip Zion and Louis Stadlin and Donna Murphy and Joyce Van Patten and Nicole Parker. Like, every night I was just watching them, and that's kind of a, the kind of education that you you can't really...
0: Like, truly the best training to work with great people.
1: Right. Um, And, yeah, so I'd say it was what it was and in terms of perception, but it didn't make that experience any less special for me.
0: Leaving that show, I'm sure, once that show closed, it was pretty hard for you. Were you ever out? Did you miss a single show?
1: I don't think I missed a a single show. Um, Yeah, no, I really, like, powered through that. And it it was definitely hard i don't remember my emotional life at that moment i know that every time i left a show i would cry even if i didn't think that it was going to that was shocking to me in my first couple shows cuz i didn't realize that that happened like when everyone's singing happy trails to you um but this was the first time that i was like closing a show so i closed the show and then i don't know it was maybe summertime i was going into sixth grade i was going to middle school and i'm sure it was a little bit kind of like okay back to reality but then i had done this reading of the big meal at playwrights or yeah the big meal at playwrights horizons um and that was happening in the spring so i kind of had that on my calendar (laughs) and then meanwhile i got this call i think it was probably a couple months after the people in the picture closed, maybe three or four months, tops, where they needed an emergency replacement for one of the jeans that they had had, and I still fit the dress because I had just left the show a year before, and I went back into Mary Poppins for a few more months. From wow. I don't I don't know when I started that. Maybe it was like uh, November through April, or maybe earlier than that because I had a uh, the big meal lined up. Was it so, so
0: fun to go back to do that again?
1: Yeah, I think I didn't, I kind of forgot, you know, I didn't know what it would be like to to get back into it. And I forgot that rush that you feel of being on that set and the magic of it. So it definitely, it was, it was weird kind of to step back into it because I was like, oh, oh, right. This was my every day. And but also I loved that I got to go back and work with new kids, new people. Um, I mean, a lot of the same people were still there, but I also felt kind of more ingrained in the Mary Poppins family because I knew more cast you did the Poppins.
0: big male ad playwrights, which was a very cool play, originating a role again now in an off-Broadway mm-hmm. play, um, yeah. which seemed like an impossible thing to learn because all these conversations, if I remember correctly, were happening at the same time. Yeah. Um, something bizarre like
1: that. That is exactly what it was. <laughs>
0: um, and then we have to get, we we could talk about your career forever. We have to get to this big, exciting moment you have in high school. So you go, you start ninth grade at LaGuardia, right? You went mm-hmm. in. The, um,
1: yeah.
0: And then was that the year you booked Fish in the Dark or you booked it 10th grade?
1: No, grade. it was
0: ninth grade. You start a new high school. You're like, I'm here, high school. I'm going to learn how to be a regular student. Yeah. Because I'm in the dead years. And we know that most people don't work a ton between ninth and twelfth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet you you booked a Broadway show like almost immediately. That's, yes. And yes. it was not just a Broadway show. You booked Larry David's Broadway play. Um, and that is a huge, huge thing. So tell us the story.
1: Uh, yeah, I think that sentiment kind of stuck with me for the first few years of, you know, ages 12 to 14, people were like, Oh, you're probably not going to work because that's what happens. You're a teenager. That's so I had mentally prepared myself for that. And I also felt fully equipped for that time because I stayed in regular school throughout my entire journey. Right. So I was like, that's totally fine. And then I got, These kind of lucky moments where I worked on plays from sixth grade through eighth grade. I did uh, an off Broadway play every year of middle school. So, which you can imagine how middle schoolers (laughs) perceive that. But, cool. Yeah, like they're like, oh, you're going to your off Broadway play. That's great.
0: Um, Um, Go ahead.
1: (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so I'd been working on plays, and those each, I could talk about those experiences forever, and uh, then I started at LaGuardia, and LaGuardia is so big, and I think people don't realize how large the school is, like, physically, there are just so many students there, and I I definitely felt um, overwhelmed and, you know, small again, <laughs> like... Uh, like,
0: no one have- will miss me if I hop out to do his play?
1: Right. Well, I also hadn't kind of um, established myself there yet. So I really, my audition for Fish in the Dark was maybe October or November of freshman year. I had started my drama classes and everything as a freshman at LaGuardia, and I really loved it. And then I had this audition process that was pretty short. It was just one audition for casting and then one audition with Larry David and Anna Shapiro and maybe one other person and on tape for producers. And then I was doing this Broadway play and I did not realize how much that would mean to me to be back on Broadway, to kind of break those um, odds or kind of prove prove people wrong (laughs) that, you know, that feeling of working as a teenager, I think it is rare because they can just get adults to play teenagers, but it was this lucky moment that they needed a 14 year old Jewish girl. And I was a 14 year old Jewish girl and it was like the stars aligned. And I got this lucky moment where I could learn from these comedic geniuses every night while I was also transitioning into high school. And Learning what that was, and the workload was completely different. It wasn't like my elementary school and middle school days where I could, like, you know, memorize the textbook and then go do well on the test. It was like, oh, this is high school. I need to figure out a different way of learning this material. So it was interesting, but it, it, I feel like it was the perfect way to kind of transition into high school because I had, this family around me completely separate from school that made that weird time so lovely and um, welcoming and it kind of felt like home, so.
0: How was working with Larry?
1: It was amazing. I mean, he is just so, he really is himself. And he's what you see on the stage and on the screen. he's that's what he is in real life. But he's also so nice, which I don't think people would expect. He's a really nice person and uh, obviously always being really funny. And um he i I think i it was definitely so cool to work with him, but also everyone who kind of was like surrounding him too, like the women that I shared the dressing room with are still. I'm so close with them and they're kind of like my second moms. And it was just this really loving environment. And I was the only kid. So I really, I didn't even, again, one of those, I didn't process it moments. I knew who Larry David was, of course, but did not know what all of it meant till a few years later where I could look back and be like, wow, that was crazy.
0: And then Jason Alexander replaced him, right?
1: Yeah. It was, oh my gosh. Were
0: you a fan of Seinfeld?
1: I, I had seen some episodes. It's not like I mean, a good
0: show, but like...
1: No, I mean, I totally knew who he was, and it definitely was a different show when Jason came in. When Larry was there, it was like, it was Larry, and Larry was on stage, and all of his fans were there, and everyone just loved him. And when Jason came, it was more so like working with someone playing that part, like he was, because he's, you know, he's like acting as this character that was written for Larry, and It it was both of them were so funny in their own ways. And Jason's just such a kind person. I think that that is the biggest thing that has stuck with me throughout everything is just every person that I got the opportunity to work with was so kind. And I think I was lucky in that way. It kind of showed me that that's the way to go always is just being a kind and giving person. So So he was amazing.
0: Fish in the Dark is wrapped and you have to, now you have to go to high school. Mm -hmm. I know you you do a bunch of film and TV things um, and you obviously do your school show. You do Broadway workshop shows. How hard is it to go from this kid who's had huge Broadway experiences to just being with kids who have never experienced that and doing shows, whether you're starring in them or playing smaller parts? How hard is it to balance that?
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean... It was definitely different, but I had I had some time between my kind of uh, stint of doing four Broadway shows in a row. I had, you know, like an off-Broadway play in the spring, but then the rest of the year I did maybe an episode of Orange is the New Black, but then was in school and was experiencing the kind of woes of middle school that's like middle school is terrible. Um, and so similar with high school, like, I think through all of this, because I've always kind of been navigating my own world and going back and forth, I learned how to adapt and how to uh, just function in that kind of universe. And sometimes it was, it, I, probably at first I was like, oh, wow, I you know, have my evening free tonight. And, and oh, well, this is what it's like to, like, have time to do my homework. And it, it was totally different. But I think at the same time, like, I was still working and was still having those experiences. So I never fully, until senior year, where I really decided to do my school shows and have that final year at LaGuardia, um, I didn't really have ever a full moment of being like, okay, now I'm just a regular kid, not as much auditions, you know, like that.
0: that. I know that you had to, we won't get specific, but I know you had to turn down job offers so that you could do your senior year show. How hard hard was that of a decision to make?
1: Well, that is a very uh, nuanced decision.
0: Complicated, we know.
1: I'll write about in my memoir, but... uh, I, yeah, it, that was really hard and confusing and looking back, it's kind of the one big thing that I look back and I'm like, wow, that, I don't know if that was, a, it may have been a mistake and maybe it wasn't, probably maybe not you, probably not, you know, it's just a play. And so yeah. many people have said that to me since then, and I've totally come to terms with it. I actually read that play in my playwriting class this year, and it felt like a very, full circle moment yeah. is, is very cathartic. Um, but yeah, it was it was a tough decision to make. But at the same time, I did Little Night Music, which many people would be like, uh, you, high school is doing Little Night Music. What is that about? But I that was a real growth experience for me. And I felt like I grew so much as an artist in that time. And also, personally, I it was a really hard year. And I needed those kind of moments that it was harder to kind of come out the other side. And
0: yeah. And, become, be a, and be a senior in high school and have yeah. experience. Um, Rachel, you're the best. Okay. We need to, we, I have so much to talk to you about, but we <laughs> have to do obsessed. I need to know what you're obsessed with and what's getting you through the quarantine or anything that is keeping you happy and joyous. And then we have to get into our Broadway workshop quick fire questions.
1: Okay. So, great. You
0: get to start with your obsession and then I'll tell you mine.
1: Uh, my obsession is the fifth season of Queer Eye. Okay. I know that that's not, you don't like that show that much. Not I for me, but I it. love that show. I think th- there have been a lot of times in quarantine where I've been watching very heavy things. Um, I watched like normal people, which was very good, it as well. but also very consuming and a little bit depressing. So after that, I kind of made a vow to myself to watch kind of mindless, uplifting things. And Queer Eye is exactly that. It's very uplifting. So well, I'm going to give it. you,
0: this wasn't even my obsession, but I'm just going to give it to you. It's called okay. Game Face. It's a British comedy that's on Hulu. It's truly the funny, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Game Face. <laughs> I don't, I, the woman who is the star of it's name is escaping me. She's brilliant. And it's it's perfectly British and amazing. Great. Um, but my obsession this week is the Amelie recording, the UK cast recording
1: of oh. Amelie
0: starring Audrey Brisman. It is so good. I saw it in the West End at the yeah. Other Palace. It is—they fixed that show. They figured out how to make it work. And if you are listening to this, give it a listen. It's on Spotify and iTunes. It is fabulous. So that's my obsession.
1: Wonderful obsession. Okay, obsession. are you
0: ready for the Broadway workshop, Rachel Rasha? You were about <coughs> to have the Broadway oh Workshop quick fire Questions, which is a series of questions put together by myself and Broadway Workshop students specifically for you, Rachel Reshev. Okay. Oh. <sighs> Favorite fast food? Uh, I don't uh, French fries. Favorite vacation location? <laughs>
1: um, anywhere in New England with, like, a beach.
0: Right. Scariest thing about going to Harvard?
1: Um, uh, being in New England. <laughs> First, well, more on that later.
0: First Broadway show you saw? Uh, hairspray. Did you have braces? Nope. Wow, nice one.
1: But um, I got my I got four wisdom teeth out this year, so I felt like that kind of made up for it. I
0: did, I did I had them all out too, and I had Invisalign. um If you go, <laughs> if you can go back and do one performance of anything you've ever been in, what would it be?
1: Um. Uh oh, this isn't quick fire anymore because um maybe Big Meal or Mary Mary Poppins great. or I don't know. All of them. Or, um, or maybe no, uh, maybe like 42nd Street too at LaGuardia.
0: So All good. It. That was great. Thank um you. I'm sure you could play that part again. Tap tap it out. <laughs> um, what would your superhero power be?
1: Um probably flying. If you had a yacht,
0: what would you call it?
1: I'd call it. This is my yacht. Sorry. My yacht. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Who
0: wrote your college recommendation letter?
1: Uh, one of them was written by Larry David. That's amazing. Um, Okay. (laughs) What store
0: do you shop in most when you can shop in a store?
1: (laughs) Probably CVS. I mean, shop there now. (laughs) Uh, Would
0: you like to play Katie and Mean Girls? Yeah, I'm just putting it out there. I just think you'd be so good, so Thank I put you. it in the questions. Put it in the atmosphere. I'm gonna put it. I'm sending it out. Um, Thank you. Not that I think Mean Girls is coming back after all, but um, you know, just in case. In the revival. Um, how hard was it to get the blood off of you after playing Carrie at Broadway Workshop?
1: It was so hard. I don't even know if it came off. It's there somewhere.
0: Can you name one show on TLC?
1: I can name so many shows on TLC. Well, name I one. can. I can name. Nine, uh, oh my God! Ninety um, day before 90, the day Ninety Day uh, Say Yes to the Dress. Say you yes watch dress Ninety day, day, you know. day Fiance. My mom watches Ninety Day Fiance, and then I I come and I watch it with her, I mean, I
0: and start texting Karen about it. Um,
1: it makes me really kind of sad a little bit.
0: So upsetting. What do you <laughs> have for your bagel?
1: Um, vegan. Um, so probably avocado. <laughs> Try. Wait, but wait, wait! But I've recently started having fish again, so now I'm having locks, which okay. is like g- great. Yeah. Like that was the one thing I missed.
0: Fill in the blank. Having a wrangler is like
1: um, you know, having a wrangler is like having the best friend you didn't ask for. No,
0: no, <laughs> no! I see your face. Um, <laughs> worst part of being a Mary Poppins throwing up okay. pre-show ritual
1: um vocal warm-up and hot water and that'll do that'll do
0: um strangest stage door interaction
1: um i don't really think i had that many strange ones i probably did that i don't remember but okay. there was there were a couple of people that maybe like knew my name that i was like how do you know my name That felt strange.
0: That feels weird when an adult person knows a child's name. It's very yeah. Okay. Um, Go to album for a car trip. Uh,
1: hmm. Probably Joni Mitchell. Blue. 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 Yeah. Um,
0: It's everyone's favorite. Favorite Billy and Billy Elliot.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh. Um, Probably maybe Trent. Trent was so. Good at everything. They were all so good.
0: And you said Trent.
1: Um, do yeah, you, you bake? Do I bake? Yeah. I I try sometimes. I feel like I kind of um try to perfect recipes that are very easy.
0: I want blank movie to be a musical. Adventureland. Ooh, that's a good call. Yeah. Um, what role should Patty Lapone play in the musical adaptation of your life?
1: Uh Maybe like, mm, oh, she could play so many people. So in theater world, maybe she would play like my Wranglers. Oh my God, And yes. that would be great. In real life, maybe she'd play like my bestie at school or <laughs> who knows.
0: Um, what is your favorite app on your phone?
1: Probably Spotify. First
0: audition song?
1: Heart from Damn Yankees. Oh, I do rem- kind of remember that. Mm-hmm. One
0: job you didn't get that you had a hard time getting over.
1: Probably there was a production of Fly at, uh, I don't, I think they did it in like Texas or something that I had a lot of auditions for. And I don't usually get emotional at auditions. Like I don't, you, I usually kind of brush it off, but that was one that Kind of kinda of hurt my feelings. Or I felt like damn. Well, oh, I hate them. Um, <laughs> right. if you can have
0: dinner with one person, living or dead, who would it be?
1: Um Sarah Barales.
0: Favorite vegan treat.
1: Oh gosh. I just made these vegan cookies that are very good. Right. You just look up like oh, vegan chocolate cookies. No- <laughs> no- <laughs> vegan chocolate chip cookies. Okay.
0: Weirdest experience as a child star.
1: Uh Probably can I can it be more general? Yeah, I think it gives you like an interesting relationship with growing. Okay, it kind of. Uh, yeah, I think that that's and I kind of avoided some of that because I was never that small. Like I wasn't like three feet tall when I was thirteen, but also it's when you're growing, you kind of uh, feel like oh you're reaching the end, even if you're totally not. Got
0: it. <laughs> um, do you watch any shows on Bravo?
1: No, I used to watch. um Was it Millionaire Matchmaker? Yeah, because I don't. That was a bit. I I liked that show. Okay.
0: So you cannot? Can you name two housewives?
1: Oh, totally, Nini uh, Nini Leaks. Great, uh, Teresa.
0: You're nice, great. I'll take them both.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I'm with it.
0: You just picked like the two most notorious housewives, too. Um,
1: <laughs> last book you read? Um, mm, I'm Great Gatsby
0: god
1: you're so no i'm like going through every book on my shelf now that i that i never fully read so that was the one that i that's good that i didn't actually read in school that i should have read
0: okay name a musical you're okay with never seeing again
1: uh i don't know i don't want to hmm maybe maybe hairspray I feel like okay
0: you've done I you've like... had your time yeah. um if you can go back in time and see any broadway show from the history of Broadway, what would it be?
1: Probably next to normal. Right. That's not that old, but I, I see didn't see it.
0: Lincoln Center. I library. know. Yeah, that's true. So, do so that.
1: older. I don't no. know. Is there any- Hello, do- Hello Dolly? Yeah. Like, that would be cool. I mean, I saw the recent yeah. revival, obviously, but like back, back.
0: Um. Do you watch The Politician? Bette Midler is unbelievable on it.
1: I haven't watched the second season yet, Get but
0: tonight it's okay. she's. She's giving a performance that's only meant for a five thousand seat theater, and okay. fabulous. Okay, A couple more questions. Have you ever left a show at Intermission?: Uh yeah,
1: okay. just one. just just one show.:
0: Amazing Grace. Um, <laughs> I left Amazing Grace at Intermission. Okay. What movie can you watch over and over and over again?
1: Uh Ladybird.: Okay, One
0: thing you want people to know about you
1: um, i I don't know. I really have no idea. I don't know I don't know what people already know about me. I guess that I I'm very good at boggle.
0: Right. It's good.
1: That's I'm really good at it. Like no one can beat me.
0: Rachel, you have had the most exciting, interesting career and you've always remained a kind, smart, funny young person and you've never Thank had you. even an inch of attitude and uh that's like a testament to who you are and how you were raised and it has been truly a joy of mine to have had you in my life for so many years and to watch you grow up. And I am so grateful and thankful that you are here to share your story with the people who listen to this and, um, tell the people where they can find you.
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Rachel Rasheff. You can also, I guess, find me on Twitter, but I, I don't post on Twitter. So, so don't find her there. Don't find me there. Follow me on Instagram. But follow her
0: on Instagram. And uh, Rachel, again, thank you so much for being here. It's thank you for having really, me. It's been a uh, – you've turned my day around. Um, and people who are listening at home – Please uh, make sure that you subscribe to Little Me Podcast. Make sure you follow our new Instagram at Little Me Podcast. Also, follow me because I love a follow at Mark, M A R C T U M M I N E L L I. Um, I'm gross. I'm 40 years old asking for dollars <laughs> um, But and also remember to follow Broadway Workshop and see what we have going on. There are amazing young people who are taking our classes and workshops and camps. And uh, Rachel's been such a big part of Broadway Workshop's history. And uh, we'll have to break that all down on a separate episode. But part two. Part two. Rachel, thank you. Stay safe, guys. Thank good so out much. there in the world. Be the change you want to see. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Don't, wear a mask. don't be an idiot. And, um, you know, listen before you talk sometimes. And okay, I that helps. I think
1: I think that that's good. That's very that kind of sums it up. I'm
0: listening a little bit more than I ever have, and I feel good about that. So, Rachel, I love, ya. Everyone I love you. Everyone is listening. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. Hey. Okay. Thank you, listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dori Berenstein, and the Broadway Podcast Network, and edited by Derek Gunther. For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm/littleme. And follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at ThatTuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for listening.